I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at First, first listen. listen. This season... We're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct, but most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs> Are you ready? We are Key and Juice. Two Penn State legends, Kijana Carter and OJ McDuffie, are breaking down Penn State football like no one else. We are Key and Juice. And we are right now. What is going on, Nittany Nation? I am OJ McDuffie, and he is the man with his voice back, Kijana Carter. What's up, right there? Welcome to the We Are Key and Juice podcast. Trey Deuce, the voice is back. I know you're not in the best of moods, but what else is going on, kid? Man, I'm, I'm all right. I'm in. I'm in. I'm getting there. Hey, my baby girls be uh, coming next week, so I'm excited about that. Um, obviously, the weekend we, we're going to talk about that, but hey, we're looking for uh, looking forward to bigger and better things. So, positive thing is your niece is uh, coming next week, bro. Yeah, no, I, mean, I can't wait. I, I I don't know if I I'm gonna spoil it more or you are, man. But I at least I'm I'm being the running man. Good good luck, Keith. Good luck. She's gonna be a spoiled one, man. I promise you that, man. <laughs> hey, everybody, please be sure to check out the Happy Valley United website, as we always want to continue to bring you uh, as much entertaining Penn State content as we can. We're always excited to talk about it, and uh, it's always great to have this this platform. So, Key. Yes, I mean at this point, man. Let's jump right into it, bro. And actually, it's, it's kind of a good day to me. It's kind of a good day. Uh oh, well, I can't wait. To, I can't wait to hear why it's such a good day for you, man. You know why? <laughs> you know why? Good day or good weekend? All year, everybody all out right. there said all year. I like him as a person. Good all man. Right, well, well, we'll go there. We'll wait. We'll wait. All right, we'll wait here. All right. So anyhow. You know our Penn State Nittany Lions, as you know, we uh, we lose at home to number three Michigan, twenty four fifteen. Penn State scored a late touchdown to make it respectable, but you know they they pretty much handled handled us pretty much. Yeah, uh, there was no Jim Harbaugh on the sideline for Michigan, you know, as he's serving his three game suspension for cheating. But at the same time, no key, you know, I, I always tell people he was in town, he was uh, you know at the hotel just in case the injunction came through. So the hay, what I always say, the hay was already in the barn. Already. They already had their game plan. They knew what they were going to do, man. Uh, so talk to me. Talk. Let's let's talk about that game off rip, and so we can, uh, you know, get that out of the way. Well, there ain't no excuses. They kicked their ass. I'm gonna be yep. honest. With you. They just they beat us up. You no, know, tell two teams, uh, high State, Michigan, they're totally different teams, and they Michigan beat us up. They played bully ball. Um, so there's no excuse about that. Um, regarding the coach Harbaugh's uh, suspension, I don't know. They're just putting, uh, you know, syrup on some shit, honestly. Because if you're really going to do something as a, you know, suspend him, you should suspend him from all fo- football activities. So he shouldn't be able to coach during the week. He shouldn't be able to travel with the team. Because it's like I said, the haze in the barn during the week, they're putting the whole game plan in. 
For I, sure. I, you could tell you know, their assistant coach, hey, do this, do this. Now, granted, during the game, there might be a couple key plays you might have to do or decisions, but for the most part, the routine's already set. The game plan's already set. So what does this really do? That, to me, you might as well just let him be on the sidelines because from my standpoint, I don't see this as a penalty at all. No, they, you know, they went soft on him, man. And what's crazy to me is that, you know, people don't understand the penalty. The penalty really boils down to the fact that the, the Big Ten has this this rule. Mm-hmm. And this dude obviously is a habitual rule breaker. Yeah. You know, suspended at the beginning of the season, suspended again for the last part of the season. What about rules does he not get? Look, granted, Michigan's a. Michigan right now is a they're a better team than we are. I'm not saying this is the reason we won a lost game, but the hell with that, man. This dude is a is a rule breaker. And you get to slap on the wrist for what reason is my is is a problem that I have with him, man. But that's neither here nor there. They brought in the intern crying ass coach. Um, you know what I mean? To you know, to handle whatever was already in the barn. And uh you know, I mean, you're thanking God, and then he's cursing after that. So whatever, bro. Um, man, man up. Bottom line is that just man up on that man. So, but anyhow, anyhow, back to the game. We'll talk a little bit yeah. more about that in a little bit. Key, okay. uh, back to the game. Drew Aller, you know, our our stud quarterback, ten for twenty two for seventy yards, one T. Uh, that was pretty. Can you say those stats again? Ten for twenty two, seventy wow. yards, one TD. That's a that's a pretty ugly performance, man. For uh, seventy, yeah, that seven zero, you know, especially key after after a great game against Maryland. I mean, I thought we like okay, we're riding, we're we're hot at the right time. We got Maryland coming up. I mean, uh, we got Michigan coming up. They're a great job against Maryland. We obviously know they're not the same talents, but our team looked like they were vibing, bro. Yes, yes, we were. I mean. I don't, I don't know, bro. It's, it's it just seems like the frustrating. I mean, the, the coaches only do so much. Does it seem like the players too? Is like when we face the top echelon teams, obviously we're gonna say high state Michigan. It is what it is. Yeah, they're top they're top fourteen annually. Right. We I don't know, I don't say shrink or we kinda go into a shell, like get nervous and get say, oh, no. How are we supposed to react? How are we supposed to do this? How are we supposed to do that? Now, when we play against the, the Maryland's or Iowa or things like that, we're flying around. And I just think maybe it could be from the top. I, I don't know. It just seems like we're a shell of ourselves. Like, I know when we played, and I can always speak for us, like, obviously, I learned from you. I got hype for these type of games. Ooh-wee. And for people to, to hear in the, the media, obviously, we don't have the media outlets. Uh, back then like they do now, but people down us like that, I wore that like a badge of honor, like a chip on my shoulder right. and say, hey, we're going to go out there and prove these guys wrong, where I just feel like, I don't know, I'm not calling, we don't feel like we have any dogs that anybody had any like feisty or attitude and say, you know what? Hey, this is a bunch of sh- bullshit that people are talking about us. We're not getting our respect and we need to go out there and earn it. And the team across, across from us are Gives any respect because we haven't beat them, right? Oh, you know, after so many amount of years, we need to go out there and take it, and it just seem like we're not playing like we normally should. Yeah, key. We we say it all the time, man. You and I, you know, what I mean, we've been we've been best friends for decades now. Respect is earned, not given. And yes. until we until we earn it, they're not going to give it to us, man. Period. Sure. I know I wouldn't. No, I know I wouldn't. I think they respect us enough. I'm sorry, Juice. I know they. I think they respect us enough because saying, "Okay, we're like the tear down. You can't slip up and let a team like us come get them." But there's no fear, like when they play each other or when they play in the bowl games. No, against Alabama or Georgia or whoever thing. I don't think it's it's in the respect of that level because, like you know, yeah, they're they'll go undefeated. They barely play anybody in the beginning of the year, but when when it when the thing hit, when the S hits the fan, yep. you know, we're gonna we're gonna beat them up. And I mean, you've cussed all this time in the podcast, and you're gonna stop I'm cussing sorry. now. <laughs> I mean, shit. It gets, <laughs> gets me upset. Man. It gets me upset. <laughs> so passionate, so passionate about saying though, because I I just know that what what we can be, what we could be, 
And I always tell these kids every year, it says, hey, you never, you don't want to come back at the end of the season and say, damn, we let that game slip away. We let that game slip yeah. away. Because you're in the moment now. It's all fine. But you're going to come back next year as maybe as an alumni. And you right. say, damn, man, 2023, man, I can't believe we let that thing go. And the older you get, the worse it's going gonna, it's gonna to marinate. So I've always tried to, every time I go back, tell these you know, these seniors, like, look, this is your last hurrah. You don't know when you're going to uh, have another chance at this. And, right. You know, right. you could have, should have, would it. I don't want to hear that shit. Now we're still the last team, 94-14, to be undefeated. Now I want to have more and more teams to, to be a part of it. And it just seemed like I don't know if it's a – a pride thing, but I remember like when we all played, it was like you know, every four years or five years, a team, you know, Joe always had a team that was you know, undefeated. And that was our insight, you know, from obviously coach my preacher, but it starts from the bottom up, you know, with the players. And obviously, I had, I know I'm rambling right now, but I had, you no, know, obviously mentors like you and, um, you know, Reggie Givens and Troy Drading and things like that, where it was like, look, there's some dolls out here. We're gonna go out there and, and go dominate and have an attitude about it. I'm not sure if, if it's there. We have good individual players, but picking the whole team up and holding holding everybody accountable, I don't really see that. Especially on offense, being an offensive player, I don't see a back getting mad at the line. Hey, you missed this damn block, or no receiver, no no going at somebody. Hey, you missed this block or this catch or this and that. We don't. I don't see no accountability amongst the players out there. Yeah, kid, I love shit. I like I'd like to talk about that position you just talked about, the receivers, man. They didn't help. They didn't help at all, man. I mean, it was I was, you know, obviously I was at the game. There was zero separation. Oh, yes. The route combinations were horrendous. Guys like, I mean, I don't bro, you talk about big games. I mean, I remember when UM came to town. I couldn't oh. wait to play that game, man. You got an opportunity. As, as a unit, let's talk yes. about the offensive unit. We'll talk about the defense some, but we'll talk about the offensive unit as a, in general. You've got an opportunity as an offensive unit to go out there and change the narrative. Change the narrative. The way you played against Ohio State, hopefully that was you know that wasn't what you what you are. Then you go out and play against Maryland last week, and you go out there and you do big things. How the hell do you go out against Michigan? I know they're a great defense, and you just lay. An egg, seriously, just lay an egg in the passing game and the running game. I'm gonna tell you what: the only one that came to play, in my opinion, was Drew Aller. His numbers don't show it as a passer, but he was out there running the ball, yeah, doing what he can do, evading, you know, traffic. The rest of these guys, they they they're still at the hotel, Kijana. Yeah, yeah, I I agree, and. It- I for, yeah, I forgot to mention. I want to ask you though, how was it though going up for the game? And you can talk about it in a little bit. But speaking of which, you no, know, one thing I, I am I'm not happy with the stats of Drew. That's I think that's unacceptable. We can't have no ten completions for only seventy yards. That cannot happen. But like you were saying, he put the ball down. He started running the ball. I know I alluded in the uh, podcast last week that sometimes you know use your feet. To extend plays, you no, know, make it instead of from second to ten to a, you no, know, third and four, and now you can open up the playbook a little bit more. And I was very happy to see him put down. I don't know if he was nervous or running earlier in the season, but I think now after that game, I think he really can see like, hey, you no, know, I can go and get some positive yards and really change right. the offense. But you know, I, no, it's just one of those things. I, well, I was just talking about accountability, and I didn't know we were going to go into this, but. The games, as we all know, is run on run up front. Yep. We're gonna talk about the Penn State defense in a little bit. But Michigan's defensive front dominated our offensive front. Now, this has seemed like it's been a broken record for the last three or four years. And coming into this year, all the hype was all oh, this is a you no know, highly touted offensive line. We're mm-hmm. supposed to do this and do that. If you look at and we'll talk about their offense over there, I feel like we have some good players, I think, but we don't have no nasty players, like big nasties. And, like, where you can go dominate a, a, a defensive line and you come back with the same play and it's like, there's nothing you can do to stop us right now. Or you go try, finish a block and try to get a pancake. No, those are things that I remember 
back in the day, the linemen used to love to say, how many pancakes did I get you know, during the game? I don't see that. I just see, like, we're going to our spots. Some guys are miscommunication on lines where we're missing a couple. But that D, uh, D lineman, I think it was 78, whatever, they made it look like he was a damn near uh, Lombardi winner uh, on Saturday. No, uh, is that the award for the defensive lineman? Is it, is it I don't know what it is, man, but that dude made some money. If he if he wasn't already making money, uh, you know, from previous film, because I haven't seen it, he made some money against us. That's for that's damn it. sure. That's what, and that's the that's the thing that bugs me. It's just, and again, I'm not trying to call the kids out. I'm sorry, man. I'm just speaking of how I know how the era where we played. You know, learning from you, and then being the type of person I am is like, you no, know, when we came in, like in high school, I won only five games. That pissed me off. I knew <laughs> I knew I was a good player, but I enjoyed playing my guy. I don't want to lose. I came to Penn State because, you know what, I know yeah. I'm going to go to a program yeah. that I have a chance to be in the national title, and then we're going to uh, – if we lose one game, we're pissed off. Lose two right. games, you know, after that, that, that that's unacceptable. Right. So I don't know if the pride is there. I'm not saying it's not. I'm not accusing of saying it's not. But it just feels like the tradition and saying, you know what, we hate to lose. You can cry after the game. Yeah, you hate to lose. But remember that feeling you had at the high state locker room where all those kids are crying? Yeah. We should have had it again against Michigan. We didn't want to have that feeling again. So we should have did everything we could have to make sure that doesn't happen again. And I don't feel like we did. And I'm going to the players, not even yeah. the coaches, yet, the players. Because I feel like on offense, we didn't have guys finishing. That's just me. It could have been the receivers running routes finishing. It could have been the linemen finishing. The running backs wasn't finishing. Now that's just something that it was not acceptable. Somebody needs to be a vocal leader. And Drew is young, unfortunately, as a sophomore. Maybe he doesn't have them yet to go in and grab the guys in the huddle and talk to him and say, hey, we need to, this drive, we're going to get it done. But we need to have a vocal person on offense to you know, set people straight as a player, not as coaches. Coaches only can take it so far. Right, exactly right. Well, we know there's some there were some shortcomings, as we both know, when it came to coaching. But bottom line is this, man. Coaches can't go out there and run or catch or throw it or tackle or intercept or, you know, sack. They can't do all that, man. Right. They put it in, and it's on the players to go out there and get it done, man. I know these, these players scratch a claw, and we'll talk some defense in, the, in a little bit. And I know they did all they could do. But bottom line is when the game plan's in, Go out there and execute, man. Go out there and execute the game plan. Block your guy. You know, and Key, I say this, man, I knew we, I knew it was going to be a tough one for us because you and I play this game a little differently than some of these kids do nowadays, you know. Go out there and do your job. The mm-hmm. bottom line in NFL is 11-on-11, but it's really one-on-one. When you're damn one-on-one, and I didn't see that from anybody. I didn't see – I saw it on the other side of the ball – I didn't see on our side of the ball. When you're one-on-one, if you win your one-on-ones in the NFL or college football, you're going to win the fucking mm. – There you go. I feel you're you. going to win the football game. Right. And our guys our guys did not take on the challenge to win their one-on-ones. And that's why we look up now and we're looking at a team that can't beat the best teams in the, in the possibly in the country – but definitely the top two teams in the conference. And that's 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 troubling to me because, like you said, when we were challenged with this, we rose to the occasion. I couldn't wait to play against the best teams in the country. I couldn't wait to play against UMs, Texas, USCs, you know, you name it. I couldn't wait to play against those guys. And my numbers show it because those are the games that I got up for. How do you not get up and are ready to play this game? I mean, that makes no sense to me, bro. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is safe. It's a place to get things off your chest and figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. For example, it's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who experience major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, 
Designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash GamePresents today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash GamePresents. Juan Gabriel, Juan Selena, Selena, Celia Cruz, Azúcar, Carol G, La Bichota, Christina Aguilera, Extina, just to name a few. We're serving the whole story from rags to riches and all the tea in between. I'm Liliana Vasquez and I'm Joseph Carrillo and we're the host of Becoming an Icon season two. Guess who's back in the house? And we're bringing you even more stories behind the world's biggest stars in Latin music. Certified Latin royals. Consider us your star sleuths, your chisme besties, digging beneath los mejores éxitos to bring you everything you didn't know about your favorite Latin icons. Hey, you know what, my boo? You're my favorite icon. Aw, Joseph. Listen to Becoming an Icon, part of the Michael Cotto Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I, I totally agree. And, uh, no, we're wearing, like, some two old-ass <laughs> man. We're we on our poor stoop right now with a with yeah. – with our little yeah. Kool-Aid and talk about the good old days, but it, it is what it is. And and it's, it's just one of those things where we're just passionate about our, our obviously our program. But on top of that is, like you said, is, is you no know, win one-on-ones. No, sometimes it's like the mentalities with kids. Now, I'm going to say Penn State kids, when they're in college, they take stuff for granted because they know it's still college. And then when you right. try to get to the NFL, then you know it's a business and people start getting worried like, I got to do my job because I know the camera's on me because if I don't do my job, I'm not going to have a job. Right. Where you need to take that same type of accountability in the college ring. That's why I respect – I mean, I'm not saying our program. I love our program. But other programs out there, they're like, you on a week-to-week basis. Baby. You ain't performing. You're getting your ass out of here. Look at – I mean, Alabama uh, with Milrow, um, oh, I think like the first or second game, No Saban was like, hey, you're not getting your job done. We're going to put somebody else in. It's a wake-up call. I'm not saying Coach yeah. Franklin needs to do that. I'm not trying to say that at all. But I'm just saying these kids need to be more accountable. Sometimes you're, you're playing at a younger age. You come to these programs, there's a lot of expectations that come with it. And it's a pride thing. Hey, I didn't come here to get, to just to be on the team. I came here to dominate because I, I want to try to get to the next level. Or just like about playing you in dominoes, I want to beat your head in every time. I love you. Yeah, unfortunately it doesn't happen. But, yeah, I, I hear you. you. I don't hey, know. Man. Yeah, look at the record. The record shows numbers don't lie, Key. People lie. People lie. Numbers don't lie, man. You know what I mean? I mean, it just comes with a thing. And I, this will be my last thing. It's like, just like you're saying, the one-on-ones. We didn't have enough of that, and it comes to a pride thing. It's not about afterwards at the end of the season. Granted, yes, hope we're favored to win the next two games. We did it. Go to near six game. It's great for the program. It's just, I guess, from a fan standpoint and a player standpoint, and us from being Big Ten country is like the arch nemesis. When we came into this conference, it should have been like a three-headed monster taking turns, you know, everybody beating each other. And then for the last twenty years, how long we've been in, it just seemed like it's been really one a one-headed monster. But now uh, the amazing blue is uh, coming coming back and. Us were there, like okay, it's, they're cool, but they're not here. And we don't say just be here in the Big Ten. If we want to go get that natty, we got to dominate. We got to win. We got to have that mentality yeah, yeah. that we can't lose. And that's what that's what I want for our program is to have another championship. Because have one since '86, man. You got all these other 
programs, all, all respect to them, though know, being successful like that, and we're we're not, and I don't like it. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of things, man. I don't like it either, man. And this these Michigan and Penn State, or Mich- Ohio State and Mich- and Penn State, these troubles are, are troubling, man. I could I could rumble off. Uh, all that Michigan did against us, the fact that they only threw the ball one time in the second half, it resulted in PI, which was BS, but they just ran it the whole time and controlled everything. They took 110, 856,000 people out of the game key from the beginning. I mean, honestly, you can only yell and boo and, and do so much without, you know, without getting tired or freaking going hoarse, man. So it was like really deflating what they end up doing to us at the end of that game. And the defense, I mean, hell, they couldn't get off the field. They couldn't get off the field. I mean, they we just got beat up up front, man. We get beat up all the time by big uglies against our little quick fast guys. And it showed. They said, you know what, I got a I got a text in the middle of the game from Leroy Horde. And Leroy said Michigan is not going to throw the ball again. I'm, like, laughing at it. It's like third quarter. Like, what are you talking about? And sure enough, Key, they didn't throw the ball again. Why? Because they didn't have to, right? One of the keys of games uh, that I said, you no, know, going to before this podcast, what I say? We need to stop the run game and make McCarthy beat us. We did a total opposite. We took McCarthy out and let their running game. And that was one thing that I was nervous about. Uh, is their running game there? I mean, Michigan has history of big linemen. They run the ball. They're physical. Uh, kudos to them. And the fact that they didn't throw the ball one time. That's one of those. They threw it once. They threw it once. And they got a BSPI on it. And they, so it doesn't count officially. That's where you like, there's nothing. Like I would say, what our offensive line, our mentality needs to be, there's nothing that you can do. We're going to run the ball. Every play, and we're going to score, and we're going to control the line of scrimmage, and we're going to control the uh, time possession. And that's exactly what they did. Our our defense fought hard, but at the same time, you know, when they're on the field, it's almost like you wonder why. Sometimes, I, honestly, I think like why on offense, if if a defense goes three and out, and we go back in, we get more energy, but the defense gets tired. Right. Why is that? I don't know what that is, but it's just something where. No, when the opponent's team goes three and out, that just gives you more energy and fuel. It seems like if you're on 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 offense, and that's what it seemed like. Where our defense, is like, damn, we gotta go out there again already. No, yeah, we, yeah. we can't even get catch a breather. Where Michigan was like, show these dudes is tired, man. Let's go wear these dudes down right now. They're I'm done. Gonna, I'm gonna tell you what, Key. One thing you do not see on TV a lot of times, man, is. Body language, and I yeah, saw the I body that. language. I saw it when they were wearing them down. I mean, Michigan ran the ball 46 times for 227 yards and three up ends, and you could see that they were just wearing us down. Even at a timeout, you get a timeout, and the guys come to the sideline. They were walking. They weren't jogging, hands on the hips. They wore our asses out, man, and it was uh, it was plain to see. And that's why, you know, you get to – you know what they're saying on the other sideline. Keep going. These they're dead. They're done. They're done. And I feel them. Defense, nope, nope. No, 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 no disrespect for the defense, but the offense didn't give them a chance. No. Our offense did not give them a chance. And the two-headed monster of Quorum and Edwards, as well as JJ McCarthy, you know, they were able to use your legs when they needed to, and they they just beat the hell out of us, bro. They manned us. They manned us. It's like you the whole they thing did. we just talked about the same before winner one-on-ones. That's exactly what they did. From the tight ends, you no know, sailing off, sailing off the edges on blocks to the tackles, you no know, they they was just physical. The receivers blocking downfield, and that that's just one of those things where from their, on their side it can bring a team together, and with us obviously, you no know, it can you no know, create a little create a little friction because you're like damn man now you look at us so like yo, get, keep the ball get at least a couple first downs get it, right right field possession I mean the uh, the the the, the uh, field of field of possession. Yeah, got to flip the field at some point, Key. Make them go to long haul. And, you know and, what I mean? But that's what the team's been doing us all year. Is like, you know what? Hey, we're gonna put eight men in the box. We want Aller, your passing game, to beat to beat you. No, beat for us to beat them. 
And that's exactly what they did. We do three and outs, and you know, we're going to talk about a little more, but you know, the calls and things like that, you no know, three and outs, and then that's what happens. But well, Key, you know, they had, they had, Key, they had, it's nice to see it in person. They had a lot of cover two shells, which means it, run the ball, run the yeah. ball, and we couldn't do it. And they're like, oh, we got them. They can't run the ball, and we're showing you a cover two when we, we got, you know, inferior receivers out there at times running routes, they were like, oh, we got them. We, play we zone. got them. Yeah. Right. You they know, didn't have to do anything extra. Right. Anytime you can beat somebody with just your front four, it's a wrap. It's a, it's sure. a wrap. And, and that's what they did. They they rushed four. And when they rushed four, they could stop our run. Then they just dropped seven guys in, in the different zones. What are you going to do? So, no, those ones that hopefully just use it as a, a teaching lesson. Uh, hopefully, I mean, really, a, the kids take a you know, really look. You know, for some of these kids, that's it. No, yeah. now we got to win the last two games and you know, go to a bowl game. But it was right, everything was right there in our hands. And I mean, we, we fought a good fight. But there's a few things that hopefully we can talk about later on where I think kind of put us behind the eight ball during that game too, they kind of really Yeah, like we, we definitely will. We definitely will. I mean, you look at it too, Key, I mean, honestly, you know, as much as we love James Franklin, he had a rough day. He had a rough yeah. day on the sideline, man. Going for two in the first half, I've never heard that. That's absolutely what ridiculous. That? You know what I mean? Then we've been ch- we chased those points the rest of the game, which is absolutely ridiculous, man. So I, I don't – and that's one, of, that's one of the big critics of – criticisms of him is game management, and that's one of those things that I did not get. When you, I, seriously, I, 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 it was, it was out of the whole. I'm gonna tell you, we, like I said, we had 110,856 people in attendance. Yeah. And everybody, other than the Michigan fans, were unhappy about that decision. I, I, now, I, how does Coach Franklin think that we need to chase points against a Michigan team that's really just, you know, trying to grind it out? You got to make this a, slug, a slugfest. In the first quarter. Yeah, man, it was ridiculous to see us going for two right there. Absolutely ridiculous. That would have put us down three points. I'm I'm sitting there like he he did it going for this. I'm like, no, what what what? Why are we doing this? Why change? I mean, make it fourteen to ten. But kick extra point, you feel good. Now you score a touchdown. You go for two, you don't get it. Now that's just almost like, oh man, we we just missed we missed the the two point play. It takes a little little of the pizzazz or the umph, the impact of scoring that the touchdown. The momentum of that momentum of that touchdown was gone Man. at that point. Man, it it was deflating. Time. I'm telling you that, Key. And I'm going to tell you what, like I talked about before, we got almost 111,000 in there. That two-point conversion, when we just scored and everybody's hyped, Hype. when we missed that, then the, the energy was down. Like, damn. We're instantly. Down. Yeah. Instantly down. Right, right. I don't, I don't, that, and, and then the damn, I get the fourth down stuff. I get it. I like it. No, I don't get, I don't, I don't like the fourth down backed up. Fourth and six? Backed up? No way. Fourth and six? Two timeouts and four or something. Yeah, I don't like that at all. You get a greater show on turf, and you say, okay, yeah, there's nothing they can do to stop us. We got a play out of yin yang that we're going to get. That's fine. Well, like you said, you know, we had two timeouts left. Our defense is playing, playing good. Try to pit them down. No, try to get them to go three and out or whatever it is. No, clock stop with the first downs. It take our chances that way. Not yeah. when you're on our side of the fifty. You go for it. I don't. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just like I said. I I love Coach Franklin, but the game management part of it, I really don't know. Like, I think this is beyond analytics because there's no <laughs> analytical sheet would say, yeah, do that play. At that time, now again, you want to be a risk taker. We like going fourth down. We're like at the fifty, and it's fourth and one. I get it, but not not that not that time where we're trying to claw back. And I mean, you know, granted, that was seemed like that. I mean, that was the the back break because the next play he scores a touchdown. Yep, yep. And, and then which, that was like, which nope. was crazy too, man. It was like that touchdown right there. It's like they they weren't even trying it. They almost messed that play up and still got in the end zone. On, right. So. Right. Anyhow, man. Well, Coach Franklin, you know, he had an awkward exchange with a reporter, you know, who tried to, you know, make sense of those two two two-point attempts. And here's what Coach Franklin had to say. James, the two-point conversions, the first one, 
why chase points in the second quarter when you don't know whether the score is going to be in the fourth, the second one? Why not make it a one-score game and keep your team alive with an extra point? Yeah, uh, again, um, very similar answer is we felt like points were going to be hard to come by. We were down by four. We wanted to put ourselves in a position to get it back to a field goal game. Um, again, those were all the numbers we worked through from an analytics standpoint as a staff. Everybody was comfortable with, thought it was the right thing to do. Obviously, we didn't pick it up. Second one. What about the second one? Not, not kicking an extra point. Yeah, for the same reason. James. That, that, I, don't, I don't understand the logic there. You make it an eight-point game. You keep your team alive. Okay, you, you don't agree with it. I'm just telling you that's the decision. I didn't think the answer had anything to do with the second one. The first one I understand. Yeah, we're trying to get back. We're trying to get points. We felt like points were going to be hard to come by. We wanted to get it back. Well, there's two and a half minutes left in the game at that point. Dave, I've answered your question. I don't think you did. Well, you know what I mean? I don't know, man. I mean, those – I'm, I'm, I'm still I'm puzzled. I'm going to laugh. Sometimes you yeah. got to laugh it off. Yep. No, just like – you get pissed off when my son makes me upset or whatever it is, just laughing like, because there's no, I would just say I effed up. <laughs> I think people would take a yeah. more accountability to say I effed up. Because Bro, that's that's, no, that's the that's where you get more forgiveness, man. You know yeah. what I mean? That's where you get more forgiveness. Anyhow, man, I, I'm done with that game. I'm done with all that. Um, like, there was like, some more that came out of that game, though, kids. You know, following that loss, Penn State fires offense coordinator Mike Yurchich. Sunny day. It's yeah, a happy day. yeah, it is. We've I mean, been I asking for this. Job. Don't get me wrong with that. Hate people see losing jobs, but Juice, our offense has been shit for the first ten weeks. I don't care. If we score fifty points, thirty points, whatever it is, it's because of our defense. And I've said that every week, week in and week out. The offense has not been holding up their side of the of the of the, the bargain or side of the field. It had to be a change. Yep. Juan Gabriel. Juan Selena. Selena. Celia Cruz. Azúcar. Harold G. La Bichota. Christina Aguilera. Extina. Just to name a few. We're serving the whole story. From rags to riches. And all the tea in between. I'm Liliana Vasquez. And I'm Joseph Carrillo. And we're the host of Becoming an Icon Season 2. Guess who's back in the house? And we're bringing you even more stories behind the world's biggest stars in Latin music. Certified Latin royalty. Consider us your star sleuths, your chisme besties, digging beneath los mejores éxitos to bring you everything you didn't know about your favorite Latin icons. Hey, you know what, my boo? You're my favorite icon. Aw, Joseph. Listen to Becoming an Icon, part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Well, can you look at it? When you got great backs, you got an experienced line, you got a young, talented quarterback. Shit, what are you supposed? I mean, come on, man. I mean, I'm never. I'm. I'm like you. I'm not about anybody getting fired. But hell, man, somebody had to go in this situation. But the thing about it is, you like you said, we've been talking about this for weeks. It ain't about just last game. It's in the you know a sudden twitch. It's been weeks we've been saying this. With that offensive line, and see, that's the best thing about a great offensive line, quote-unquote, and they haven't been great. But when you have young talent behind them, it's great to have an offensive line that's experienced. So it falls on somebody that's not getting this offensive line, getting these young, this young, incredible talent going in terms of a quarterback and Drew Aller, uh, running backs and Catron Allen and Nick Singleton. Those guys should be having way better days, especially, Key, when I'm telling you, Michigan played a two-high shell most of the game where they had a light box, and we should be able to do whatever we wanted to with, the, with that talent right there. I totally agree, Jim. I mean, look, I mean, again, let's let's go forward back last year in the, in the college semifinals. Who did Michigan play? They played TCU, right? Mm-hmm. TCU doesn't have – they might have maybe one five-star, maybe a couple five-stars. But what did they – the offensive coordinator knew his team. You got to know your team. If we know that we don't have the, the, the caliber receivers that we want or we don't have, like, the line or then we got to scheme up plays to get them into certain positions. That's your job. Your job. Your we job. were vanilla, basic, mayonnaise, whatever you want, whatever you want to think of. Is where we lined up. We didn't do any creativity like your Dolphins. Put guys in motion. You know, do crazy things to free people up. We didn't do that. And that's the thing that bothers me. We can say, yeah, we don't have guys who can get separation. We'll put them in motion to get them separation. Know the tendencies of what the teams do. Put a bunch front. Do do a lot of chaotic stuff where kids are like, what, who, who has what? To get people open if we have to. There was no creativity on the play calling on the passing side or even on the run side doing certain right. formations. No, put Katron and Nick Singleton, put one in the in the slot, one in the backfield, and dude, we didn't have no creativity. So now if you if you just stand there and I'm playing in front of you, I know where you're going because you're not you're not moving around. And I think that's one of the things that we could have done and hopefully we do to help free these guys up. Is do different formations, shifts, and motions, and things like that to help open up the offense a little bit. Crossing routes, you no, know, do a deep post with an underneath, you no know, things like that. So now to take like, which one do I take? You no, know, do 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 a couple of things like uh, I, I'll talk about the the Bills game, but now you do that and leak the tight end out on the wheel route. Why not try to do those things to try to open up? And even if it doesn't complete, now you get the defenses to start thinking about other things besides just saying, you know what, they're going to be like Penn State was in the 70s, just line up and run it, run it, try to run it down your throat. Yeah, well, you know what, man? I mean, until we uh, have that mentality, which we do not have, obviously, um, to, to hit somebody in the freaking mouth key, it's, it's, it's frustrating, man. It really is frustrating, man. But no matter what, we've got to move on from your choo-choo, man. Obviously, it's just time. We've had a lot of coordinators in the last few years, man. Um, yeah. and it's all it's hard. A lot of these guys get fired because of this. Some guys get promotions. And, um, you know, right now we're looking at guys that can come in and take his place, man. You and I had conversations. I was on the plane back from Pennsylvania on Sunday when, you know, when he got fired. And I'm like, I'm on the phone right now with Joe Moorhead. You know what I mean? Because he was a great coordinator for us. I know he's got a gig right now, but hell, man, who can we get to fill this void? Because Manny Diaz is doing a great job on defense, and we're going to lose him at some point, Kajana. Trust me, he's going to get another opportunity as a head man. What are we going to do with the offensive side, man, to bring these guys together? Because we got two running backs and a quarterback that have to come back next year unless, unfortunately, we lose him for some reason. They have to come back next year. We need somebody to get these guys, you know, playing to the best of their potential. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I, I think, like, what, you know, when we lost, uh, you know, Brett Fry, you know, Division Eight Tech, and you brought in Manny, that was that was something that impressed me about Franklin because I didn't think he would bring another head coach in because sometimes, you know, sometimes coaches feel inferior sometimes. They, 
that so and so could be a threat to to his job. Well, now the mentality that Manny Diaz has brought to the defense, flying around, you know, making plays, this and that, it just seems like again, since you know Joe Moorhead is you no know, one one got promoted, but then you know obviously you brought in the coordinator from Minnesota. You now Minnesota had a good season that year before, but stuff didn't mesh. It might have been oil and vinegar, but we don't have anybody. It kind of, as you get it, it starts with the top down. Now, obviously, Coach Franklin's the head coach, but the coordinator, to have the swag, the attitude, the, the confidence, not cockiness, but confidence, and saying, hey, this is what our offensive standards got to be. I don't know if Yurchis was stating, stating that. And the guy is saying, you know what? Hey, you're the O line coach, OJ. Your guys need to go out there and kick the shit out of the guys in front. I'm sorry I'm cursing this week, but I'm passionate about it. I apologize. We're pissed off, Key. That's We're all. pissed off. But if I was a coordinator, but we still love go, our team. I would go to each of my positions and say, "Look, I brought. I'm hiring you, and I don't know who's in charge of the hiring the coordinator with the head coach or the combination. But this is why I expect out of your guys. Go to the running backs, to the receivers. Hey, you got. You have to get you. This is what I expect of you to make our offense be a success. And then from the coordinator preaching to the kids, hey, this is our standard as a offense. This is what we need to do." All this crap that we be doing, and especially we played these big, that's not happening no more. No, and you change the mentality, just like you know, you see the pro coach out there to help change the mentalities out there of these kids instantly. Why? Because if you talk to them and you breathe positivity and confidence in them, it goes into the onto Saturdays. But if you don't do that, then they're like, okay, yeah, we're just good play call, blah 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 blah, rah rah. Let's go do our job. No, it's more than that. You got to spill. You got to still will passion. And confidence saying, no, this is what we are. We are dominant. We're going to be dominant, and we're not going to take anything less. Yeah. Yeah, wow. You know, I'm a Moorhead fan. You know, his son is a quarterback in my high school in Ohio. I know that my I know that my high school coach is gonna be like, no, 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 you can't take you can't take Donovan, Donovan Moorhead. I said, Uh, Well, hell man, we need him. I mean, I I understand that, but just groom him so he can come to Penn State. And be our quarterback and play for his dad at some point, man. But anyhow, man, I'm over that. Key, I'm so over that game. You know, all we can do now is just move on, bro. So let's hell, just move on, man. Let's just move on, man. Let's, let's talk about it. I, but at the same time, I make oh yeah, I agree. Let's wipe the slate, brush my teeth, get that nasty taste out of my mouth. But I'm excited for you no know, J one. No yeah, coach J one. Uh no coach Cider. No uh he's the interim OC, but Look at his track record. I mean, every year he's always had the top running backs. No, every year. No, playing. He was a former quarterback um, in college. So I I think and I'm hoping, obviously, having his mindset, he knowing the offense, he can come out there and play, have some creative plays. Um, no, we've chatted you no know, throughout you no know, the process of him being a running back coach and me being a former running back. So I'm excited to see what he has to offer. But at the same time, it just – Regardless of what it is going forward, we need to have that guy to say, you know what, this is our standard, and this is what we expect of you, and we're not taking none less. And if you don't believe in those standards, you're going to sit your ass right there on the bench. Yeah. So right now we got to take our frustrations. we got a, a coordinator coming in, that a team that's coming in. We, that, you know, he was our safeties coach when we, were, when we both played, um, and we just got to take our frustrations out on the team from New Jersey. Yeah, we'll talk about – we'll definitely talk about Shiano in a little bit. You're right, though. Jaywan. It's going to take over the duties this week, and Ty Howell is going to take over, I think, the next week or the rest of the season. They're going to be co or whatever it might be. Um, you know, when it comes to – right now, you have to do it in-house because you can't put a whole new offense in, um, you know, at this point in the season. Um, and then you got – honestly, you got to get somebody – when it comes to offense coordinator, you got to also be able to have an offensive line scheme, a plan like that. So, you know, we'll see what happens, man. Um, but but right now – go. Okay. I'm sorry, but I, I I didn't notice. Did you just say that Jay Mons will be the coordinator for this game, and then we have another coordinator for the second game? I don't know if they're doing like that because I know that um, there are Can't some teams. I, I know that's what Michigan's doing, but I know that both of these guys are like co-offense coordinators. The way I'm understanding right now, uh, Jay Wan Sider and Ty Howe are going to be coordinators for offense. You know, for the <laughs> remainder of the season. I, I don't. I mean, I I don't understand that. Um, you got to just. Point one. Now, one, you can say you can be like the, the passing game. Passing game and run game, yeah. Or whatever it is, but you got there's got to be one person you appoint to. Because if not, 
when you get when the shit hits the fan or you got a certain play, there's got to be one person to make that decision. You can't be yeah. people butting heads, then there's no continuity. So I hope that's not the case. But whatever whatever they decide, I'm, obviously I'm going to support and uh, hopefully you know we have a better outcome on the offensive side this week. Well, you know what they say, when a team has two quarterbacks, they don't have one at all. You know, I think I feel the same way about coordinators. When you have two coordinators, you don't have a coordinator at all. And that's the way it's, you know, that's the way I'm feeling about this at all. So, you know, um, bottom line, I mean, I'm a bottom line kind of guy. I say that too much. (laughs) Um, But, you know, you look at how do you test guys against a Rutgers or Michigan State, whether they're worthy of the position or not? Rutgers defense is great, and we're going to talk about that because that's our next game, our last home game of the year. Um, and they're going to be pissed off because they had a very disappointing loss against Iowa recently when they got beat 22 donut. But how do you judge these guys, you know, in the interim when you're playing against teams that aren't Ohio State? They're not Michigan. So those are the that's how you, that's the litmus test, no? Well, let me see, Juice. Are, are you trying to say something? Are you are you referring that we should have maybe made this decision maybe a couple weeks ago on the I bye see, week? I ain't seen nothing like that. Uh, I ain't seen nothing like that, man. All I'm saying is what happens if they do well these last couple games and how do you evaluate them when it wasn't against an Ohio State or Michigan? That's all well, I'm saying, Kijana. Okay. Well, that's fair. Well, but, how, but how many times are you going to face – I mean, obviously we got – It's going to get bigger next year. There's going to be other teams from that or, or the Ohio State-Michigan calibers. Right. I mean – Juan Gabriel. Juan Selena. Selena. Celia Cruz. Azúcar. Carol G. La Bichota. Christina Aguilera. Extina. Just to name a few. We're serving the whole story. From rags to riches. And all the tea in between. I'm Liliana Vasquez. And I'm Joseph Carrillo. And we're the host of Becoming an Icon Season 2. Guess who's back in the house? And we're bringing you even more stories behind the world's biggest stars in Latin music. Certified Latin royalty. Consider us your star sleuths, your chisme besties, digging beneath los mejores éxitos to bring you everything you didn't know about your favorite Latin icons. Hey, you know what, my boo? You're my favorite icon. Aw, Joseph! Listen to Becoming an Icon, part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I mean, if, if we make a New Year's Six and then they'll be you know, off, off the bowl game. But, no, I understand. I mean, the, I'm going to keep it 100. Yes, we lost to the two teams that we we all hate, but we respect them. The last two years, yep. last year they were ranked two and three. This year they're ranked one and three. High insight as a football program, 
we expect to beat them, which I'm glad we had the mentality. But at the same time, it's not like we lost to Northwestern or we lost to no disrespect to Northwestern or Minnesota or a team that no, we no, they we should beat Northwestern yeah. twenty out of twenty times. Correct. Period. Correct. Now, bottom line, man, we're talking, we're we're keeping it one hundred right here. We should beat Northwestern, Indiana, Illinois, all those other schools. We should Every, beat them t- twenty out of twenty times. Yes. Yes. Period. Right. Home and away, don't matter where it's at. Right. And I think the frustration with the fans is because our track record against top ten teams, zero and ten, against Michigan's and the high states overall throughout our, our history since we've been in the Big Ten. I think that's the frustrating part. But if you really look at it, think I hate we hate losing. But you lost to number two and number three last year. And you lost to number one well, they became number one. Right. And number three this year. Is that a bad I mean you know what I'm trying to say. It's but bottom like, line is this, Key. The, I I, I, you know, that's something about, everybody needs to shut the hell up about how Penn State has underperformed against these teams. We're frustrated as, as, as alumni and former players. But, hell, man, Ohio State and Michigan are, are the top of the food chain, and we're not there right now. And you know what? We lost by eight points. We lost by nine points. Not bad, but definitely not good enough, man. And so everybody is clamoring for all these other jobs, and it's not good enough. Look back at the history of the Penn State Nittany Lions. Fortunately, we haven't won a national championship since 1986. What year is it right now? It's 2023. You know what I mean? Watch, watch. Your team is the only team that had a chance to give us a natty in the last four decades, Kijana. So everybody needs to calm the hell down, you know, and relax. We are where we are right now, and we're trying to get there. And bottom line, you know, I mean, we've got some teams in this, in, in in football right now that are better than us in our in our conference, in our side of in our division. All right, we we haven't gotten over that hump. But I'm gonna tell you this though: the Michigan kicked our ass last year. They didn't kick our ass this year, even though it dominated up front. Ohio State they got us at home, but they dominated at the end of the game. We had a great shot in Columbus this last year. Everybody needs to calm the hell down. I know we're not happy at all because this was a great opportunity to make some noise, and we didn't do it. And we're used to it's been that way a lot. But what else? I mean, come on, man. I, I'm I'm just tired of the noise. I I'm tired. I'm tired of looking at social media. I'm tired of looking at all the people that are talking this trash about the program, about Coach Franklin, bro. It's 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 nauseating to me. I love Joe Paterno like anybody else does, but he had the same struggles. He had the same struggles that we're having right now, and they act like it should be any different with James Franklin when he doesn't have the manpower, doesn't have the firepower, doesn't have the five-star guys. He's got some four, a lot of four-star guys, but all these other guys, they've got some dogs that we need to start getting into school. And I know he's a great guy, job of recruiting, but we if anybody wants to talk shit, excuse my friends, Kijana, contribute to the NIL. <laughs> Pay some money to the program so we can get some of these dudes in here mm-hmm. and stop stop all this BS. You feel Preach. me? You on a roll, bro. Preach. Go That's ahead. it, man. I'm done with them, man. I'm tired of these people. I read this stuff, man. I read this stuff. Yeah. Why you mad? No, no, I totally agree with you. you no, know, it's, it's 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 a it's like a double edged sword. At Penn State, we got now we're the old heads, but you got people older than us. The 60s, the 70s, the 80s, Penn State was dominant. I mean, Joe had a lot of undefeated seasons. Um, no thing that he didn't get credit for. But then, but then you got you know, the 80s, the 90s, obviously we were dominating. And then the 2000s, if you look at it, like you said, from the 2000s to now, before Coach Franklin came, much as we love Joe, we wasn't successful in those in those seasons. We had three and nine seasons, four and seven seasons, and things like that. Ugly. But Joe got a hall pass because of what he he built the program. He built basically Penn State football program. So we gave him a hall pass because we loved him. He's great for the community, for the kids, education. But at the same time, I I even though I got upset with Coach Franklin earlier and you no know, game management, but at the same time, he's done a great job because why? He's dangling, and we're getting spoiled because now we're eleven and two every year. We're ten and two. No, we we want only one big championship. We're nine and three, and we're going to all these New York City games. And now we say, okay, you know what? 
if you had told us when we we're in the sanctions, we were going through those those scandals, um, no decade ago, if we could say each year we're going to go ten and two, nine and three, eleven and two, and have a chance to go into the Big Ten title and the national champ- championship title, you pulled every fan out there on Facebook, every Nittany yeah. Lion fan. People would take that all day. Say yes because we were on the brink of not having a program. 10, 10, 12 years ago because of, right. because of the scandal. And now credit to you know, Coach O'Brien and Re- Coach Franklin. He's been there so long. We see what he's done. I and mean, it's now like, how come we can't get there? And that, that could be the part with us. Then why can't we get there? There's a couple of games, Ohio State game management. We should have won you no know, back-to-back games. But I think the fans see the potential of what this team could be, and we haven't gotten it there. So from a fan standpoint, I understand why they're frustrating. But you fans out there, think about where this program was before Coach Franklin got here. Mm-hmm. And look what he's done to this program. He has made us relevant. Yes, we ha- we're we not in that next tier where the Georgias, you know, the Alabamas, high states, and Oklahoma. Well, Oklahoma struggled this year. But, you no, know, that tier. But we're, we're climbing. We're getting up there. And if I would ask you that 10 years ago, would you be happy to be in this position? All y'all would have said yes. So I would say, be careful what you wish for. Yes, as all of us, we are frustrated. Why can't we beat the high state? Why can't we beat the Michigan? But we're there. It, it could be something internal, but you know what? We're there. We're in that talk. We're in that them the New York Six Bowls. Only certain people can go to New York Six games, and we're right. and we're there. It's just now, like, hey, whole off season should be. No, Grant, we want to beat everybody. Now we don't get to play high state Michigan every year like we wanted to. No, so we lost our opportunities. But to be the fact that we're in the fight, we have to think about and really scale back and say, you know what? Yes, we're here. And it's a credit to to James. I'm not going to lie. I'm mad at him for yep. the game management. But I, I am thankful and, and I respect what he's done to this program for the last 10 years, making it to the national prominence. Now, one last thing, Juice, I want you to go again. No, people say, okay, well, well, if we was in the Big Ten West or whatever that side is called, where Iowa and Wisconsin, oh, man, we'd be in the Big Ten Championship every year. That is true. Yeah, we would. But you know what? To get to where I go, if if I think I'm great, I want to beat the best. I have I to. Play, I want to play high state Michigan every year. Granted, I could face one of those teams over there, but I don't want anybody to ever say, yeah, you know what, oh, you're easy. You got the Big Ten title because you know you only play one to two teams. No, I want to play the best, and I would never change where we're at. You no, know, on our side. Granted, would it be easier on the other side? Yeah, but I want to play the, the two top teams because we. If I feel like we're a part of them, we want them to say shit. We got to play them this year too. We don't yep. want to play them, and that's yep. the best out of have. So now, well, George boy. Well. I, 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 I can't. I can't really add much more to that. Ohio State and Michigan play that same side of the draw as we do, and they they do well. One of the other, one of the two was going, or both of them going to the playoffs. So they figure out a way. We need to figure out a way too, like you talked about, man. I'm honestly, I'm shit. I'm done with this conversation with all that stuff, man. <laughs> well, well said, Kijan. I would. I want to end it with what you were talking about, man, because you you hit it on all the good points, man. Um, no matter what, we are Penn State all day, every day, like you talk about. But at the same time, though, man, I'm just I'm just annoyed by some of these people to have this short-term memory about how, you know, where we would be. Where would we be if it weren't for Coach Franklin and his staff Listen, and, think and about making, it. making moves? Because yeah. nobody wanted his job. Nobody. Nope. Coach O'Brien took it from, from the scandal. Then when he left, nobody wanted his job. Nope. Now look at it. He we're going, to, we're going to New Year's Six Bowls every all uh, all the time. Right. Hell, I've been to a bowl game with my family for the last five years, Kijan, and I'm I'm loving it. Yes. So I'm I'm gonna love it again this year. Because I guarantee if Michigan and Ohio State get into the playoffs, we're going to yet another New Year's Six Bowl. And I can't wait to be a part of that too. So I'm all in with my squad. Bottom line. Yep. It is. I mean, like again, it's just the passion of the fans. Fans out the line fans, we got the best fans in the world. We love it. We want to see our program good. But at the same time, I mean, there's a lot of armchair quarterbacks, and, and it's easy, though, to be on TV. I, I catch myself sometimes. Why are we doing this? We need to be doing this. You don't know what's going on. The the pressure that, though, Coach Franklin is dealing with on a day-to-day basis, do you really think that he really wants to 
to be in a press conference, say, hey, coach, what happened to, what happened to you guys you know, against Michigan? or He knows what's going on, and he knows the narrative of what's going on with right. this program, and we haven't done it. So part of it, though, Key. That's part of it. That's part of the job, though. It, it comes with the business. What I'm just saying is, I mean, look what he's done. And as much as I want us, we should be undefeated. I wanted to go to that this year in our time. Yep. Just look what he's done with the program, and look where we could have been. Because I remember, you no, know, faintly where we were, you no, know, a decade ago, and it was sad. I'm like, damn, we might lose our damn. We might get the SMU treatment. We could right. be SMU right now. Right. Really. Right. And now we're not, we're back in the national national problem. We're in the mix. We're in the mix, bro. We, we got we to take the next step, and that's up to Coach Franklin uh, to decide. You no. Know, Coaching, recruiting, players, this and that, but we're in, we're in those talks, and until we go and make that leap, just like Michigan did a couple years ago, people are always gonna have doubt us. So you gotta use that as fire and fuel to motivate, you know, the team from the top down. Say, hey, we gotta change that narrative. Yeah, no doubt about it. All right, man, let's get out of here, man. I got I got things to do, man. I, my, you gotta do, my, man. And my blood pressure, I gotta pick my son up, man. It's cool. <laughs> Anyhow, man, we want to thank everybody again for joining us on the We Are Keaton Juice podcast. Please check out the Happy Valley United website for more of this, man, heated and passionate <laughs> content we had today. Yeah, I know, I know. He is, he is Jonna Carter, and I am OJ McDuffie because we are Penn State all day, every day, all day, every day. Thank you, everybody. <laughs>